today on CityCast Denver. The Denver Nuggets are not one of basketball's iconic teams. The Denver Nuggets have a 55-year history with the NBA and ABA. They have never had an MVP. They've never had a championship, and they've never had an MVP. But for the first time in our history, Denver could be home to the NBA's most valuable player. And he also happens to be one of the most fascinating athletes in the world. It's funny, all of the candidates this year for MVP came out and said, I should be MVP. And he was interviewed several times and he said, I don't know, like, <laughs> I don't really care. Whatever, whatever you guys think. Today is Wednesday, May 26th, 2021. I'm Bree Davies and this is CityCast Denver. Let's take a look at the news. Expect cloudy skies, but a nice high of 79 degrees. To follow up on a story we aired earlier this week on police reform and accountability, it looks like the city of Denver is taking the task force to reimagine policing and public safety's recommendations seriously. City Council President Stacey Gilmore says the council will take up the recommendations in June. And Mayor Hancock responded on Monday by announcing a new transformation and policy division inside the Department of Public Safety. The division's purpose will be to ensure all of Denver's public safety agencies establish and use best practices to continuously improve operations and culture in the department. Ever wanted to work at an amusement park? Now is the time. Staffing is the biggest issue for Lakeside Amusement Park at the moment, as they are looking to hire mechanics, maintenance workers, and other tradespeople to get your favorite rides running. The family-owned summer spot will also be on the search for cashiers, cleaning crews, and more. Apply at lakesideamusementpark.com. During the pandemic, and for the first time in my life, I got really into basketball. It was always my husband's thing, but once the lockdown started, I quickly learned that it was more than just a game. There was a soap opera-like drama between the teams and the big stars. Like, this year, it's the Lakers against the world. Drives, layup, shot is good. Oh, what a tough shot from Schroeder. And of course, there's Michael Jordan and the 90s Bulls. That's all I needed for him to do that, and it, it became personal with me. And LeBron James, the reigning king of basketball. Ah! I'm a cartoon? What's up, Doc? And then there's Denver Nuggets star Nikola Jokic. The humble seven-foot Serbian who is reinventing basketball one slow-motion play at a time. So do you say Jokic or Jokic? Jokic. Jokic, okay. Just want to make sure. Yeah, those the Serbia, those the C for all the Serbians is that ch. The ch. Chus, oh, like Chanchar, sure. Okay. Chanchar, yeah. Adam Matas hosts the Locked On Nuggets podcast and co-hosts the DNVR Nuggets podcast. He and his fellow basketball experts have been following Jokic's unlikely rise from long shot draft pick to clear favorite to be named this year's most valuable player. What's the deal with Jokic this year? Do you think he's going to be the MVP? Well, I, there's no question he'll be the MVP, and I think that'll actually be announced here within the week. There's about 110 people who can vote for the MVP, and about 50 of them have already come out publicly with their ballots. I think he has 49 of the 50 or so votes uh, have, have come out in his favor. So he'll be, he'll, he will be the MVP. Um, and so maybe for listeners who don't know who Jokic is, can you, can you talk about who he is and where, he's, where he came from? Yeah, so Jokic is a seven-foot NBA basketball player from a small town, Sambor, Serbia. He was a second-round pick for the Denver Nuggets. There's two rounds in the NBA draft. He was a second-round pick, one of the last players picked. 
Um, and he was an unknown player, uh, sort of a, a very unique styled player. Uh, plays basically like a small guard, you know, a seven footer that plays like a small guard. And he's just a unique personality. He's really invented a new style of basketball. And uh, he's, he's one of the more unlikely MVPs in NBA history. And what can you say about his new style of basketball? What does that really, what does that mean? So usually you have the smaller players, the guards around the perimeter who will do most of the ball handling and perimeter play. And your bigger players will be inside, you know, posting up or rebounding or, or what have you. Jokic is this guy who is not very athletic. Usually your centers are guys that play above the rim, your big dunkers. You know, he's not very athletic, but he's one of the smartest players in the NBA, really one of the smartest players ever to come through. And he's one of the more skilled uh, big men to ever come through. He passes. He might be the best passer in all of the NBA. Oh, what a pass. Thread the needle, baby. Nikola Jokic. The grabbing. Watch, watch this pass. Home. Bounce back. And, and the defense couldn't even react. You know, the NBA is a fast sport, lots of athleticism above the rim, up and down the court quickly, and he just goes at this glacier pace and dominates in a style nobody's really ever played before. Um, and it's really inverted the game. Instead of your bigs being inside and your guards being outside, Denver, the, the Nuggets have been able to sort of invert that process, played players in different positions than they're familiar with, and it really just creates this fun and unique style. Awkward is the name of the game, but effective is also the name of the game for Nikola Jokic. We talked about and you mentioned, too, that, and this is something I hear a lot, he's not, quote-unquote, very athletic, but he's a basketball player. And I know he's known for what's called his basketball IQ. Can you explain what, what basketball IQ is? Yeah, he has this ability to sort of see the court and see what's about to happen before anybody else. It's funny because we talk about his athleticism, and that usually means does he jump high, does he run fast? He has some really unique qualities to his athleticism. He has phenomenal hands, some of the best hands I've ever seen. Uh, you know, catches every pass that comes to every rebound. It's like he has suction cups on his hands. He just gobbles those the, the ball up anytime it's near him. Um, but yeah, so he doesn't have the traditional sort of athletic qualities, but he does have a lot of other ones. And I always say the game moves so fast and he moves so slow, but his brain is faster than everybody else's. So he's sort of processing all of the different things that are going on on the court so quickly. And he has such great touch with his passes, with his dribble, with his shot, that even though he's moving slow, his brain is seeing everything and he sort of stays ahead of, of everybody on the court. He's one of very few players who, when you're watching from a bird's eye view, he'll throw a pass that you don't know where it's going until it lands and you think, oh, wow, okay, I didn't even see that. You talked about, mentioned his size and the position that he plays. Do you feel like that's what's made him sort of an unlikely candidate for MVP? Man, that's one of maybe a dozen reasons. Usually MVP caliber players are players that you see coming. You know, this is a, a LeBron James. You, you heard about him in high school and then in the NBA immediately you think, okay, this guy will be an MVP one day. Nikola Jokic will be the first player of the modern era to win the MVP as a second round pick. Meaning he was a guy that came in, nobody thought he really would be much. His second year, he really started to break out and people thought, oh, he's a good player. You know, maybe he'll be your second or third best player someday. Even as recently as two years ago, it would be laughable to think that he would be the MVP, but his rise has been very slow and steady in his style of play that at first maybe you thought was a novelty. It's unique that he's doing these things, but that's not how basketball is played. At some level, it'll catch up to him and people will figure him out. 
And the opposite has been true. He's really had an influence on the league. And this season, which has been a weird season, by the way, you know, with, with COVID and right. such a short turnaround. So there's been some anomalies. But this season, he just went to a whole new level. And then lastly, I'll say the NBA is a very, um, you know, the players are marketed very heavy. They're, and Jokic is, is not that. You know, he's he didn't come here speaking English very fluently. Um, he doesn't have any social media. He's not a player that is trying to market himself or trying to be in the limelight. So in every every single facet, he is a, a very surprising MVP. Yeah, I kind of think about that when the, the, there's talk about his lack of ego. And like you, he's not flashy. You don't see him out. We don't see what he's wearing outside of the right. court. Like we don't know who, you know, I mean, we know who he's married to because he was, you know, yeah. he just got married recently. But it's like it's not like who he's dating or, you know. And I wonder if his lack of ego has something to do with him being an unlikely MVP candidate. There's no question about it. You know, the NBA is so into that aspect of it, all the drama surrounding the game and, and these different things. And yeah, and he really has gone away from that. You mentioned what he's wearing. I think during the playoffs last year, he wore a shirt he probably got at a gas station or something, you know, said, I paused my game to be here. And so, <laughs> and so he's so, yeah, he's so anti um, your typical sort of traditional athlete and superstar. And then, you know, you mentioned the ego thing. I think a lot of this is. European style basketball being a little bit more, they don't, you know, have MVPs and things like this. It's really about the team, team concept. And so I think he comes from that school of thought that he's he's not out there. There's, it's funny. All of the candidates this year for MVP came out and said, I should be MVP and did interviews and said, I'm right. the MVP. And, I'm a, and he was interviewed several times and he said, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't really care. Whatever, whatever you guys think. I mean, I never think about it, to be honest. I never even, I don't, I didn't came here to want to be an MVP of, of the league, you know. I always think someone is better than me, you know. I want to compete to beat him. Just by that mentality, I'm going to be underdog always. And what do you think an MVP win means for a player like Jokic? This is a big win and will be a big win, not just for him. And, you know, for him being the first Serbian-born player to win the MVP, uh, for being the first second round pick to win MVP, for being the first center, you know, the seven foot center player to win MVP in, in I think, 15, 20 years, you know, all of those things will be unique. And it's a really big deal for the city of Denver and for Denver Nuggets fans. The Denver Nuggets have a 55 year history with the NBA and ABA. They have never had an MVP. They've never had a championship and they've never had an MVP. So it, it's sort of a... Um, you know, puts Denver on the map, so to speak, uh, as an NBA city and, and with an NBA player. And I think him winning this marks sort of an era in which the Denver Nuggets become a very relevant and important team in the NBA community. I think that'll be nice for fans to get a little bit of validation outside of the city. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And especially for him, because, you know, he's a player that you have to watch a, a, a lot to sort of fully appreciate and understand. He's not... You know, it's easy to see a guy dunks or shoots the three-pointer and you think, okay, that pops out. That guy's a good player. With Jokic, you kind of have to watch a little bit more and say, oh, I see how he's moving the pieces around the court to kind of, like like chess pieces, he's doing this. And so for years, certainly Denver Nuggets fans have been saying, hey, look at our guy, look at our guy, and it will be validation when he wins it. Well, Adam, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. A 
few weeks ago, a very interesting email arrived in the CityCast Denver inbox. It was from a young man named Troy Farkas, who had just moved to Denver. He wrote, I'm 25 and I don't really know anyone here and I'm struggling making friends so far. I'm wondering if there's a piece you guys can do where you talk about how young adults here can go about making friends. So we saw that and thought, that's such a good question. How do people make friends in Denver, especially during a pandemic? So we sent CityCast contributor Eli Imadali out into the field to follow along with Troy as he asks the people of Denver for himself. So it's about 4 p.m. on a Friday evening. The Rockies are playing the Phillies tonight, and we're on Blake Street. We're walking the streets, and so this is my predicament. I just moved to Denver, moved here at the beginning of March. Young, single guy. Don't quite know how to go about making friends in the city. So I'm setting out today to find people who are like me, new to the city. Maybe they're transplants or maybe they're Denver and Colorado lifers. I want to ask them questions about how they made friends and also, selfishly, get some advice from me about how I can make some friends. So let's see what we can come up with. Now, how have you guys gone about making friends here? That has been a challenge. I will be honest. That's probably been the downfall. I have a plan, and the plan is through volunteer opportunities. You can meet people. Well, I have a few friends that live here already, so just trying to link up with them and then submerge myself into their group, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, like a leech or something, yeah. Yeah, if you want to make friends here, just share your drugs and, you know, make friends quickly. For myself, a lot of it was the uh, live entertainment. Or if you have a dog, it's really easy to make friends. A lot of people want to pet your dog. I think that's kind of the move. Young single guy here, I think I need to get a dog and go out to Cheeseman Park. You've already solved it. Get a dog, go to Cheeseman Park, <laughs> and you'll find love or at least a friend. <laughs> I love going to coffee shops by myself and like if you just like you don't have your headphones in and you're just like hanging out you just like meet people. So can we be friends? I also like coffee shops. If you buy my coffee we could be best friends. <laughs> you got a deal. I'm in the t-shirt vending and for me that's my niche. See it's not always about the t-shirts that I sell. It's about the people I meet along the way. I met Eli today. You know and see this is what is most important. I mean, I meet some people from all walks of life. Lawyers, doctors, Indian chiefs, all different nationalities. And plus, it, it teaches me how to communicate and relate to others. Like these people right here, they're looking to buy a shirt. I can tell. I've been doing this a long time. That was CityCast contributor Eli Imadali reporting from the field on Troy Farkas's journey of friendship. To follow along with Troy, check out his podcast, The Troy Farkas Show. We'll put a link to subscribe in the show notes of this episode. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye! If you enjoyed the show, why not take a friend why not take a friend to tell a minute about us? Mm. <laughs>